Welcome to episode 60 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today, we are sitting down with self-proclaimed human-as-fuck Peta Kelly. If her name sounds familiar, that's probably because you've seen her all over social media, or maybe you've read her awesome new book, Earth is Hiring, or perhaps you've stumbled across her website. Either way, she's out there in the world doing epic things, and we are thrilled and honored to have her on the show this week. Peta is an entrepreneur who casually became a millionaire in her 20s, a speaker, a humanitarian, an environmentalist, a mother, a writer, and a voice of the millennial generation. She was recently ranked by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 10 female entrepreneurs changing the world. Her mission is to inspire a new generation of change makers through sustainability and conscious enterprise, and her life motto is WWMND, What Would Mother Nature Do? Oh, and she's also a cacao enthusiast and makes her own raw chocolate on the side. Yeah, she's kind of the coolest. Today, we sit down with Peta to talk about her new book, Earth is Hiring. We dive deep into what alignment really means, why money matters, and how to change our money stories, what the earth is actually hiring us to do, the meaning of success, and so much more. But before we get going on this interview, we want to take a moment to highlight our review of the week. This week's review of the week comes from Sierra KF. Sierra KF says, Allie and Carly have grown to feel like my big sisters, offering practical advice on life and some inspiration for chasing your dreams. This is a must subscribe that I love to keep coming back to. Thanks, ladies. Thank you, Sierra. It really means so much to us. Anytime we pop into the app and see any new reviews, we get so excited to read them. And if this podcast has impacted your life in any way, if these conversations matter to you, and if you want to keep hearing them, please drop us a review on iTunes so that we can continue to grow our community. All right, ladies, enough of this long-winded intro. Let's dive in to our conversation with the one and only Peta Kelly. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Peta, we're super stoked you're on the show. Um, when I got your book delivered to my house, I opened it up and I just immediately was laughing out loud because mm-hmm. you speak to our generation so personally. And um, it was just a joy to read a book written from that perspective because I do think that's something that has been missing in the wellness sphere. So uh-huh. right off the bat, thank you for writing such a fun such a fun um, book. And I mean, it's definitely stacked with wisdom, but ju- it's a great book. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And the title is Earth is Hiring. And mm-hmm. um, we just want to know, what is she hiring us for? And what does she want us to do? Yeah. So it's not really as much about what she wants us to do. It's more about how she wants us to feel. And I think uh, for some people that they're less like, what, what do you mean? It's just like what we do just, it just doesn't matter as much as how we feel just to get straight into the nitty gritty of that. Uh, you know, earth is hiring us to really lighten up. And when we think about what's going on in the world right now, everyone's trying to quote unquote, save the planet and change the world and change the game. And, you know, all of these great, really ambitious goals. But the truth is that the earth doesn't need us to save her. Uh, and that's what we need to realize, you know, like I, um, again, I don't know how woo woo your audience is, but I'm just going to like d- dive straight in and talk to like how my talk is. We're best super woo woo. So you can okay, go, go yeah. to the woo. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So yeah. like when I talk to the earth, um, I hear very clearly that she l- is sometimes laughing at how seriously we take this whole consciously consciousness journey. And she just, <laughs> like laughs at the fact that we sometimes are running around on planet earth using 
planet Earth as an excuse to to live out of alignment and to thrive less. Like, well, I've got to change what? I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And be in such misaligned action and do things which move us away from thriving and sometimes using the earth, the earth as an excuse, you know. And when I tune into what the earth really wants from us and why I was so guided to write this book is if we want to live in harmony with planet Earth and if we want to live in harmony with each other, we have to be a more vibrational match with her. We have to be more like her in terms of our energy, in terms of our heart. And when we can be a collective whose hearts individually and as a collective are more like the heartbeat of Mother Nature, then we will know harmony with her and we'll know harmony with each other. And that will be effortless. Um, you know, we're not going to have to worry about politics and policy and homelessness and starvation and poverty, like all of those things are going to be taken care of when we can collectively be more like Mother Earth and we can collectively feel more like she feels and be more like she is being. And, you know, then in the book I talk about what would Mother Nature do. It's like the next tattoo I'm going to get as soon as I stop breastfeeding because I just that's where we need to go. And and in terms of our action, whatever it is in alignment for us. So in the book I talk about living, leading, earning, and giving. So getting into radical alignment. Um, prioritizing our vibration so that we are never ever acting at the mercy of the energy that we are contributing to the world because our energy, like I said, our energy and how we're feeling is the most important thing for harmony on this earth because we are never going to act in harmony with the earth if we are not feeling in harmony with the earth. So I really um, get stuck into like taking responsibility for our vibration and our energy and living in alignment, which I call like the tap and unkinked toes, playing as if it's our job, not as something that's just frivolous. Um, I talk a lot in there about, well, you know, what she's hiring us to do, how she's hiring us to lead, not trying to be the consciousness police, not trying to accelerate evolution, just living in alignment, living from our heart and not judging others who are not in our spiritual um, journey or our consciousness journey. Um, money, she's hiring us to upgrade our conversation around money. I'm just giving like a real overview here because I know we're going to get stuck in but mm-hmm. she's hiring us to upgrade our con- our conversation around money so that money can be our teammate as we create change on this earth and not something that we are resisting because money is here because money is on loan to us from source the universe god divine so we just need to start acting like that and start s- circulating money on behalf of the earth she's hiring us to um to embrace business as our portal and to really celebrate conscious enterprise and um and acknowledge the spirituality in business and the standards that she's requiring for us now in business. Um, and last of all, she's hiring again. This is like this this four hundred page book condensed into a little bit, but she's she's hiring us into to, a fifteen minute sermon. Yeah, yeah. Just like I'm done, like, yeah, keep fine. going, keep going. She's hiring us to um to play on Team Earth and to remember that there's no other jersey we can wear that's more important um, than that. So that's in a nutshell. Okay. Now let's, let's crack that nut open. Let's crack that nut open. Um, I want to rewind because, uh, I'm just learning about your story and I knew that we were interviewing you, but then I stumbled upon your Instagram account from my yoga business, Instagram account. And then I was like, this girl is definitely the same girl we're interviewing. And so I don't know much of your backstory and I would love to know, like, how did you start talking to mother earth? How did that conversation begin? Because for someone who is not woo and is like very, you know, on the analytical side of things in the way that they don't want to believe in the woo woo yeah. talk, you know, introduce us to how that conversation started. Yeah. And well, I was- like, what does it look like when you talk to mother earth? Yeah, and I think I think it's, talking to Mother Earth seems like more woo-woo than it really is, but Mother Earth is talking all of the time, like, you know, when it rains. You know, it's it seems so, I don't know, it just seems it seems more woo than it really is. Like, we are Mother Nature. All of us are Mother Earth. Like, how else did I just grow a super healthy baby inside of my womb if we are not Mother Earth? Like, we are extensions of Mother Earth. So I think if we can just get really practical about it, you know, like, we are, mm-hmm. it's easy to speak to Mother Earth when we can acknowledge that we are extensions of Mother Earth. Like, or, and, and if you, you know, if you ever get pregnant or if you have the opportunity to be around someone who's pregnant, you see that in action. Like, we are not instructing the baby in our womb to grow. We are being 
like mother earth for nine months, you know? And so that's firstly the first thing. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware. I think I've become progressively a little bit more like just, um, I don't know. Uh, are F bombs okay on your show? Oh, I don't yeah, want to try. For sure. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, good. Because I'm Australian <laughs> and they're just, they're not really considered that bad in Australia. So I get in trouble in the US sometimes. Um, Bring it on. Drop them. But like, I've, I've become a little bit more like giving less fucks about becoming more woo woo because it's just like, the more I grow and the more I live and the more I experience life, I'm like, that is more real than anything else. Like sitting and listening to mother nature. I'm like, wow, that makes more sense to me than fucking news. You know what I mean? So, um, I suppose, I don't know how far you want me to go back in my journey, but I mean, I've always been, I've always been a little hippie. I think at one point in high school, it was like try hard hippie, you know, like I just really wanted to marry John Lennon, even though, um, he was dead. So right. <laughs> just like, you know, wore, wore no shoes to school and just, you know, incense and all that stuff and um, went through a real bender phase where I was like doing a PhD, but also like really also doing a PhD, like in partying around Europe, just both. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until then I sort of, in my early twenties, I, I started to, um, I took a leap out of my PhD because my soul was, was nudging me into a, um, an entrepreneurial journey, um, which began in network marketing, which is just the greatest platform for me to learn about conscious enterprise and, and personal growth. And then I suppose it was the wormhole from there learning about, um, I suppose I was, so it was my, it was my journey to everybody has their soul orchestration and my soul was nudging me to, um, to really help our generation understand this time. And so an important part in that process was leading a, um, a really large network marketing organization of really hungry, conscious millennials who were really desperate to to understand how life could be lived outside of the shoulds and, and how life could be lived and celebrated in this new paradigm. And so the more I, I built that, you know, 10, over 60,000 people in that organization and learned, I started to learn what's at the heart of this generation and what does this generation really care about? And um, what is, what are we asked to being asked to do in terms of living, leading, earning and giving? And I, s- I suppose the more I just surrendered to like what was being asked of me rather than, you know, my plans, or, you know, I just was sort of thrust into this, this journey of learning and listening and, you know, <laughs> whatever else we do in the thirties, like fuck up and mess up and, um, you know, learn and fail. And, but it all came down to just, you know, following what I was being called to do and paying attention and just learning to listen to my guidance so that I could be in alignment with how I meant to serve this world and also how I meant to live because how I live is the greatest way for me to serve. So yeah, progressively getting more, more woo-woo, but the more woo-woo I get, the more I'm like, you know what, it's really not woo-woo to like talk to the earth because like, is there any anyone really more badass than her? Like, seriously, it's like talk. It's like a it's like a mentor, you know. And uh, just I don't know. So I'm at that point now. Where I'm like, is it is it even we were? And and I had a business meeting this morning actually, and I just it was you know it's a billion dollar company, and I start I start the meeting by saying, hey, you know, I just want everyone to know that this company is a spiritual entity um, that sits above the corporate structure and you know we've got to allow this company to fly by listening to the spirit of this business so <laughs> then i said to them how, fuck, how did that, that go <laughs> oh they're amazing they're amazing they're like yeah well Good. we expect that from you and we get it <laughs> um but yeah so i suppose i don't know I, I don't really know where the line is between woo and not woo because it's just now we're at a time where spirit and the earth whatever that means for you you know everyone's so different is so loud and clear for so many people um and you know in our circles i suppose that feels really normal mm-hmm. yeah it feels completely normal and i told i couldn't agree with you more in that context and i have so many things that are popping up in my mind hearing you talk i mean the first point i would love to make is 
what you said when you first got on the mic about how (laughs) Mother Nature is laughing at us for taking things so damn seriously. You know, and I think about the people that I know in my inner circle who maybe aren't like sipping the same Kool-Aid as me, but like want to maybe help in some way. And I hear all the time, like, well, it's not like I can do anything. I'm not going to change the world. So I might as well do nothing. Like this such a serious stance. And I Mm -hmm. think it stops people from doing anything in the first place. A lot of times. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that just sort of made me think about that. But I really want to talk to you about alignment because you keep coming back to this word, this word of, you know, progressively finding your way into your alignment. And I feel like personally, I'm on this path where I want to, I, I'm on this journey of feeling like getting to this place where my presence is my power. And mm-hmm. where I don't have to spew out all of this shit and talk and talk. And it doesn't matter because the vibration of who I am sh- will show my authenticity yes. to people. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to me to get to this place and to cultivate this place. But it also gets really hard when you get stuck and when you yeah. fall into a stuck pattern and you can so easily fall out of that place of alignment. And so, I would love to hear your take on the importance of tapping into that vibration and how we can stop ourselves from falling into those patterns that keep us stuck because it's, I think that's what blocks us from our true power. It's like you're there and then you fall and yeah. 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 I think, I think it's just important on the journey, you know, like life in, you know, we're not always, I think the stuck times are like perfect because they are our guides to the next, to our next evolution. You know what I mean? It's like when you're feeling stuck, it's always because something is misaligned and you're not addressing it and you've got to move some energy through your life. So one of the greatest things I've used in my life is the concept of circulating energy. So, you know, like sometimes it means something drastic, like getting on a plane and going to another city or moving or, um, something small, like moving where you work each day, wearing different clothes, not wearing active wear every single day, not working in the same desk, just moving energy through your life so that you can move stagnant energy out of your body and invite new energy in. And it's such a small concept, but we we all know, you know, you get off a plane in a, in a new city and, you, and you're exploring and you're getting all these new ideas. It's because you just circulated energy and mm-hmm when you go to a new coffee shop for the first time, you know, but then after you've been that coffee shop, like 12 times, it starts to be boring and stagnant. So it's, it's about circulating energy through your life so that you can firstly just, you know, be trusted with new stuff because you're not hoarding old energies and just energetic debris. But, you know, the stuck, the stuck times are, are always like, okay, energy is stuck in my body. How do I move it? Um, and you know, that, it can be it can be like you know reflection and contemplation and you know meditation and that or it can just be playing and getting up and having some fun and going on a holiday or you know just cooking for a day and not looking at your laptop like there there are all ways to very quickly circulate energy and you know for me play in turning my phone off and going outside and playing with my child or um, just cook it like making raw chocolate in my kitchen or something I will always be like constantly downloading new shit and clarity for my next my next um project or what I need to cut out of my schedule it all comes when I move energy through so I think that's such a simple like such a simple tool but it's really been profound in my life I love that the, it makes so much sense I'm going to write, like, I have to keep that circulating the energy and it can be like done on a grand scale, like you said, Mm -hmm. and then like on such a minute, your outfit, you know, like, holy hell, ever since I quit my corporate cubicle, I am the guilty party of wearing activewear every day. Like, I don't wear any of my cute shit anymore. Like, I don't wear any of it. And um, it makes so much sense. And so I'm assuming what you're saying is that by circulating your energy and like moving through the stuckness, however you choose to, is what what helps you come back to alignment because that's what's coming up for me and what's been a testament in my own life. And then I teach, well, there's two things. So I just want to kind of finish this thought and then go into another one. But so 
I'm a yoga teacher. There's so much like literature and meaning in how the poses and the breath mm-hmm. are like your gateway to move through the stuckness. And, you know, when you feel that sense of tension or pain in your body by directing and willing your breath through that space, you can begin to heal it, you know, and it's kind of like that same exact premise of getting up and moving and breathing and just coming back to, you know, like our our own innate mother nature and like beating and pulsing with who we are. Yeah. 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 So one thing I've been wanting to ask you about, um, I don't know if it was in your stories or in an Instagram post the other day, but you mentioned about how many of us are working or how many of us are working from out of alignment and how it's so easy to force our work. And if we need to, like, we need to give ourselves permission to walk away from the work, Mm -hmm. be creative, allow ourselves to come back to that space of um, integrity. This is something I really grapple with, run, like being an online yeah. millennial entrepreneur, you know, like the pressure of having to create content. And now I'm I'm at a place where this is my full-time gig. And so yeah. how do you recommend or suggest, and this also goes for people who work in the corporate, um, the corporate environment, like how do you walk away from something when you don't have the ability because you have to keep paying the bills? You know, yeah. like how do you straddle that? line and walk it so that you don't feel like you're walking around like a fraud yeah so firstly full transparency i'm very blessed to have a um a really thriving network marketing organization so i have built a you know an income that supports all of my work that i do now that was that was my first business which is why i'm so very um why i'm so very uh, I suppose speak highly of network marketing when it's done with integrity and from a heart centered space, which um, mine, mine was. So just for full transparency there, cause I don't want people to think I'm trying to give uh, advice from a situation I'm not in. So, but in saying that I still um, grapple with, well, I've got to stay relevant and I've got to stay this and I've got to say that. And I do, I do men- sometimes mentor people who are in that position. It is their full-time job and they are, um, is a full-time job and they are, you know, grappling with, fuck, I just need time off and, but I need to stay relevant. I need to post content, everything like that. But it all comes back to your money will follow your alignment, you know, and that's, it's true for everyone. It's true for me, even though, even when I keep developing all these other new ventures, money follows alignment and money follows feeling good. Uh, it's just the way the world works. So that doesn't mean, be lazy and money will come because being lazy doesn't feel good, you know, for people who are in alignment. It's what's going to make me feel most aligned right now. Is it really effective, like 30 minutes on Instagram a couple of times a day and then a lot more time playing and creating? Like, how can I feel in more alignment and in a higher vibration while still honoring the fact that I need to rest? So it's, you know, we've got to not be scared to honor our alignment because then we think money won't come because money is literally responding to our energetic welcoming of it. And so that doesn't mean that money isn't responding to responding to our hours spent money is responding to um, the effectiveness and the alignment of our work and the energetic instructions that we're giving money. So this gets into the conversation with money, but remember when I was first building my network marketing business, my first business, which I built from, you know, to seven figures a year, in my mid twenties. And I was previously on $500 a week in a PhD scholarship. Um, and I had to change my money stories and I was working very hard, like 16 hours a day. I was single. I didn't have a child. And just my vision was asking that of me. So that was in alignment for me, that amount of work. I was on fire, serving my, serving my tribe, ca- tribe, casting a vision, traveling the world, speaking, Um, you know, I had a goal to retire my mom. So it was such an alignment for me to be working like that. But then as I evolved, as I grew my income, as I, as I was being called to other projects as well, I needed to adjust my workflow and and adjust how I was performing, how I was, um, living and remember that, you know, money will always follow that if I am telling a story, you know, it's a, again, then we move from alignment to money stories. Money is on in our instruction essentially. So if our story is as I thrive, my income grows as I thrive, my work is more effective and money flows effortlessly. 
effortlessly to me. You know, as I become more aligned with my divine purpose, I am more trusted with money to circulate on behalf of the earth. So it's about upgrading our story so that we're not buying into that old entrepreneurial model of if I'm not grinding and hustling, then I'm just, you know, a lazy ass who's not going to have any money. It's But then it's also not the other extreme of I'm going to sit on my ass and expect to have the success I want. It's It's meeting in the middle of, okay, how is this going to feel the best for me? How am I going to feel in most alignment with how I want to serve and create and live? And how can I upgrade the instructions I'm giving to money so they so money can respond to my new choice, my new alignment, my new level of um, thriving? So it's all it's all a choice. Um, money isn't judging us at all. We are the ones judging. Um, we're the ones judging how fast or slow money can come in. Um, what sort of behaviors will allow money to come in? Money is literally waiting on our energetic instructions. So we've got to align ourselves with our behaviors. Um, ensure our behaviors are supporting the money you want to make, but never ever forget to start giving money more rewarding instructions because that's the piece a lot of people miss out. Mm. No, you're totally right. I mean, I'm just going to jump in right now and say this whole thing about giving money more rewarding instructions. I think we do the opposite most of the time. We stifle the hell out of it. I mean, it makes people so uncomfortable in our culture. It's rude to even openly discuss money, let alone like speaking of it coming to you in this fruitful way and being so open and honest about it. And I think it's really powerful to talk about changing that conversation. And I think if we want to change our own money stories, um, you know, maybe that whole bigger conversation change comes after that. Maybe it starts at a smaller level and then it's a ripple effect from there. But um, I would love to hear, you know, your concept of this money story and maybe some practical ways for somebody who's listening, who feels like they have a really negative relationship with money or an unhealthy relationship with money that they could start putting those into play in their lives. Yeah. So the first thing is to realize what is your money story now. So everybody can tell their money story by how they talk about money. It's very straightforward. Like the stories that we are telling live. So if you're saying, um, you know, I, you know, I want to have a day off, but I can't because I've got to pay the bills, you know, things like that. Then the instruction you're giving to money is, Hey, if I take a time off, my income's going to drop, which doesn't have to be true. You know, like what are more rewarding money story is, you know, I, the more I rest and take care of myself so I can be in service to my mission, the more my income grows. So it's about checking in with what, are, what stories am I repeatedly telling about money? And when we look at stories, um, you know, stories are either borrowed from the collective, from our friends, from societies, inherited from our parents or lineage or family, or we create them ourselves. And very few people are creating the stories themselves. They are just on auto default borrowing or inheriting, which is, um, you know, the way that we're, we don't get taught in school to create our own stories and that we don't have to um, adopt truths that aren't true for us you know we're not taught that we're told that money is the root of all evil and you know rich get rich and the poor get poor and and we adopt them and then we wonder why the fuck money doesn't want to hang around in our life when we're just talking shit about it all the time you know so mm-hmm. it's an energy money's an energy it's not gonna it goes where it's welcomed and appreciated and it doesn't go where it's not appreciated so first steps um and, and we dive into into this in the book like a lot but the first step is um Acknowledge your money story. The second step is heal your relationship with money. So remember that if you have a real resistance with money and you hate it, like which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. write a love letter to money and apologize to money for how you talk about it and let money know why. You know, it was because my dad or my mom or my family, and this is what I saw, and I blamed you and I thought it was your fault. Let it all out to money so you can get rid of that resistance you have because until you get rid of that energetic resistance, money is the the way it acts in your life is it going to change so acknowledge your money story write a love letter to money and then um, and there's examples of love letters to money in my book too like really good ones and then um and then create a new story and then again like i talk about in the book it's really important that you are taking care of your energetic environment around money which is appreciating it like are you appreciating how money is working in your life already 
the fact that you can afford Wi-Fi, the fact that, um, you know, you can go on a plane, the fact that you already are having some sort of exchange with money and that you can afford food. And, you know, if there's no appreciation for how money's already working in your life, why would money want to come in even bigger amounts? It can't and it won't because that which appreciates grows and that which is not appreciated does not grow. It's like an appreciating asset, you know? So it's just there's so much to money and I I go through it in the book which a lot of people feel like is really deep but for me it's like just scratching the surface. You know, it's it's a it's an important ongoing conversation. Mm, and I feel like too with everyone not everyone but there's this, been this big push for people to live out their dreams and desires and goals through becoming their own entrepreneurs, right? And then especially in the online space that I kind of reside in, you see so many people talking about, I've hit this figure goal and this figure goal, and it becomes really easy. I'm very guilty of it, of feeling like I will never reach that amount. Like there is no way in hell that my work is worthy of reaching that many people and that many people wanting to invest in my work. And you kind of get this like ridiculous pity story going on in your head when listening to you talk about this money story and I'm reflecting on my childhood and the part that money played in my life and then how much I've been desperately chasing it probably since like I had my first job um, in high school up until now. Like it's very clear that my relationship, I definitely need to write the love letter. (laughs) Yeah. Like the love letter is missing from my life. Um, so thank you for that. And um, I feel like a lot of people probably find a lot of healing and comfort in the way you speak about it because it's just like our partnerships and our friendships. If we speak badly of them, they're not going to, these people are going to walk away from us. Yeah. So why wouldn't money or anything else in our lives have that same, you know, follow that same cadence? Mm-hmm. Um I want to switch gears and talk about, I think you used the word conscious enterprise. Did you yeah. use that term earlier? Yeah. Can you explain that more? I would love yeah. to kind of, you to unpack that. So there's, there's so much to conscious enterprise. Essentially business is like one of our greatest ways that we can truly change the world. It's, it is the, the fastest, most effective way to change the world more than, more so than government policy. Like we just got to be real about it. Um, which is why it's so important that entrepreneurs are supported and encouraged because they are the ones changing the world. Let's be, I mean, let's call a spade a spade, which is why I love working with entrepreneurs. But conscious enterprise is, um, again, people talk about it in so many different ways. You know, the, the most obvious to me is sustainability and taking care of our earth and practices that are supporting our earth and upgrading our practices so that we are moving with the times. Like, okay, right now the earth is requiring that we do move to sustainable packaging, compostable packaging, um, you know, just, you know, electric cars, things like that. We are being required to upgrade our actions for mother nature. So conscious enterprise is, is moving with, with the new standards. Um, but then there's so much more to it too. Alignment, like, um, you know, I have a very close friend, my best, my best friend um, went on Shark Tank and got an offer from Mark Cuban and um, made a deal, but then later went and met up with him and just said to him, hey, our visions are not aligned. So she walked away from Mark Cuban, which, again, Mark Cuban is an awesome, amazing guy, but she wasn't going to let the coolness of working with Mark Cuban um, get in the way of the fact that she is honoring this this vision and the the realness of this entity that she's working for. So there's so many layers to business, like making decisions from love and not fear. Um, you know, there's, there's so many layers to it, just not just the sustainability part. Um, and like I spoke about this morning um, in my three-hour business meeting, which felt like a shark tank, but in the fifth dimension, it was just amazing. Um, it was like I spoke about an entity, right? So for me, Conscious enterprise is, and how spirit is in business is that there is our businesses. And I know for me, because I, I currently work with um, about three entities, which which I call actually no, I'm working with what am I doing? Three. I'm currently working with about five entities, 
almost six, which are companies um, that I'm just the human entrepreneur that they're using, right? So it's uh, an entity which lives in the sky, you know, a a divine entity which wants to be born on earth and scouring the earth for the right human, the human that's going to to make it happen and um, the human that's best equipped. So for me, Conscious Enterprise is about humbling ourselves as entrepreneurs to the greater vision and taking guidance from the greater vision. And like I said, that's what my friend Mackenzie did in this situation where she had to say, hey, this is not right for my company, um, but thank you so much. I have to walk away. The very next day, she got the same investment from someone who who was aligned with her vision. So it's it's about honoring that alignment. It's about um, leading from the heart. It's about sustainability and conscious practice. It's about um, so much more than just, um, like I said, sustainability. It's, uh, it's, there's so much, there's so many layers to it. You can talk about like what's conscious enterprise when it comes to writing business plans, you know, and it's just, you know, we're evolving on from, um, even sometimes, like sometimes contracts are important. Sometimes contracts don't feel aligned for the entity. Um, you know, it's just, there's so many layers. We'd have to do a whole nother podcast on mm. just that. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool though. It's like the onion of conscious enterprise. I feel like you're just put, peeling them back. But I love the way you talk about, um, you know, these visions being divine entities that are choosing us to bring them to life. And I think you mirror a lot of what Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in her, big, her book, yeah. Big Magic, you know, and ideas choosing us and we are just the human beings that are that are yep. there to bring them to life and like if we're not going to bring them to life they're going to go to somebody else and yep. <laughs> uh, you know what i mean this is our chance um so i love that concept and it's something that Ali and i both use in our daily lives but i want to come back to this whole idea of evolving which is a really broad idea but you know you've talked about um how we have had to upgrade our actions as far as business goes because the the way that mother nature has evolved. And then I know that in your book, you talk about how millennials are the evolution of people. Like, of course, this generation is going to be different than the generations that came before because this is what the earth needs right now. And so I kind of want to tie all of these ideas back to this place of business and when you t- bring it all in and you think about mother nature and her place in it too, has your vision of success evolved? Do you think that the way yeah. we view success is evolving? And I don't know, how does that play into where we're at today and how we can define our success? Yeah. So success is definitely, I mean, it's still different for everyone. This is like such right. a non, right. everyone, it's so different for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. Some people it's like, hey, I want to become CEO of my company and and that's fine. But even that, like, and even these goals of like, hey, I want a seven, eight, six, nine figure business, whatever it is, it's like that's all great and that's still true for people, you know, like that's fine. Go go after what your soul wants you to go after. But that's the key word, soul. Success is a feeling. It's not a thing. It's not a it's not a resume, it's not an accomplishment, it's not an achievement because it can only be success if that feels really good and aligned for you. So I could become CEO of this company um, over here, but if my soul is like, I don't give a shit about that, then is that really successful? Like if I don't feel fulfilled when my head hits the pillow each night, then is that really successful? So this is why it's so impossible to compare success because success is a feeling. It's, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, I am like in between super present mom and super like creator and I'm in between my businesses and my daughter and for me and my husband of course and fun and and thriving and play and for me a successful day is um honoring my gifts and and serving how I'm being called to serve sitting in ceremony having really present time with my child and my husband um cooking uh, you know, getting nourishing foods, sleeping, having lots of space in my day, but still honoring everything my soul wants to do. So I know when I go to bed each night, whether or not I am successful by how I feel in my heart and how I feel, whether or not I always say it's your success is whether or not your soul fist bumps you when you go to bed at mm-hmm. night. And so it's like, 
are we chasing success that's like a thing and like a comparable and an accomplishment or do we actually does our soul actually not give a shit about all the things that we are chasing when we are already actually maybe we're already actually really successful and maybe we're living out of alignment because we're chasing stuff where our soul is like hey can we just like enjoy this fucking life we've created for a minute and stop trying to chase things and actually stop like letting your pursuit of success pull you out of the success you're already in, you know? So success is a feeling. And mm-hmm. if that, if that looks like, if that feels like being CEO, like that's great. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no judgment about what it looks like. If that looks like being a billionaire, great. If that feels like, you know, um, getting off Instagram and just traveling the world and not have, being off the grid. Great. Like there's, it doesn't matter about the what it's about feeling aligned and then you're just choosing, you know? Yeah. I just had this really vulnerable conversation with my husband because I feel that I've gotten to the place in my business where it is deeply out of alignment yet. I know it's where I want to be. And we're now on the sailing journey and sailing actually doesn't, you know, we bought the boat. So that was the biggest purchase. But after that, you know, you can do it on a very minimal budget if you, you know, are committed to it. And, you know, his response to me the other day was, if you're not happy doing the work you're doing, walk away from it. You know, we have enough money in the bank that we can sail for three years and you don't have to work at all. And all we can do is play on the beach every day. And like, while I know that's not the answer, to just walk away from something I've worked on for five years. It's also like, how do I get back into an alignment to enjoy what I've created so I can keep creating, you know? And it's like this, I I don't know. You just made me think of that though, from everything you were just saying. (laughs) Yeah. We just have to tune in because not everything as well is meant to go forever. Like I, just this year, I, um, I stopped a really profitable program and it was incredibly profitable bringing um, five figures of income a month into my business. And I could have let it keep going by doing pretty much nothing. And um, a lot of people would say, well, that's not a smart business move to cut that off. But for me, it was in alignment for me to cut it off because it was taking up space in my life and I wanted my energy for new stuff. So yeah, some people would mm-hmm. say that's great. That's crazy. Like you, you know, you created this this income and you built it up over all this. But but my soul's like, Peter, you you live in a you live an abundant life and you believe in abundance and you believe in infinite abundance. So walk the walk. And I did a post about it recently. It's like it the money follows the alignment. We are not at the mercy of the money. You know what I mean? So it's it's sometimes you got to be fine with letting things go and realize that everything has its season and it's, it's doesn't mm-hmm. have to go on forever. And you can still honor that. And when I first created this program, which is the supercharged, I thought it was going to go forever, but my soul and my entities, they had different plans for me. And the same thing, I had this big event planned this year, the new way live. I'd done it twice. It's the most amazing event. I just am obsessed with it, but my soul sat me down and was like, hey, I've got something new for you now. I want you to sit and listen and the new way live is not going to happen this year. So I was like, what? You know, that's crazy. <laughs> it's growing. It's so successful. We already <laughs> like we already planned it this year. I was in Byron Bay. My event planner was already on it. We had it, you know, it was all planned. So even though like logistically we're getting called in one direction, our soul can be like, no, like, and you just have to decide like, Am I fiercely committed to what my soul is telling me? And sometimes you have to ignore your soul to learn that you should not ignore your soul. So, <laughs> and I've done that, a times, you know, so. Um, I so know Carly probably has a, I, I also want to ask you, cause I know we're short on time and I know Carly probably something for you too. I want to ask you about discipline being feminine. I just saw yeah. you post about that and I thought it was brilliant I tag Carly in it and can you riff on that? Because like you said in your post, I think we see it as a masculine thing. Yeah. And also before yeah. you go off, I just want to say it's hard because we just had someone else on the show who, you know, was all about awakening our divine feminine and how we yeah. have to step away from the work. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's a fine line. So anyway, yeah. yeah let it, let it good rest. Point. Oh, good point. Yeah. It's, it's all 
it's all perfect and it's all, um, you know, there's no right or wrong here. It's just for me, uh, I'm very effortlessly in my masculine. You know, I, I build businesses, I create, I consult, I love that. And also being a mom is a part of you that is, there's part of me that's quite masculine. I'm organized, you know, organize the household, organize this, you know, very, it comes very easy to me. You know, I was raised by a single mom of four children. So I saw the perfect example of get shit done with no excuses. But I'm also very, um, very feminine in terms of that. I feel Mother Earth so deeply and I'm so flowy with like creativity. And so I, my soul was pulling me on this journey of, and it really happened when I got pregnant with my daughter, Soul, um, you know, slow, 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 slow down, um, which is something I've never been able to, to do. And so for me, I've been on a journey of, not just awakening my feminine, but healing my feminine from um, from the lineage. You know, uh, my mom, <laughs> she was a full-time school teacher with four children within six years of age. Like I still don't, I still think Santa Claus is real because of what she did. You know, like how, she's my hero and which is why it was so important for me to retire her. But, you know, it's, so for me to soften into my feminine, it, it took time and to, you know, to be, um, loved so deeply by my husband and to to be a mom and to soften into that without always feeling like I have shit to do. So I've had to, and because I'm such an extremist, I'm sometimes I'm like super feminine when I'm in Australia. I don't check my emails for like, you know, I'm just like not interested in checking Facebook emails. I'm just flowing. Just It's just, but then I also get super masculine. So for me, it's about finding the balance within myself. And that's where I think we've got to find. It's not about um, choosing one or the other. It's about allowing both energies to come together in our lives and to um to be in harmony so that's what i'm learning is during the day i have my masculine time um uh, during the day i use my masculine energy to wrap structure around my day so that i can flow in my feminine i can go and play with my child i can cook meals at night time like just using my creativity and intuition i can um be super present with my husband i can wake up and just play on the Pilates reformer with no routine. Like I can have this such feminine flow in my life, like be really open to new creativity and entities that want to call me. If I have that masculine discipline that says, hey, like if you really want to be in the freedom of your feminine um, you while still feeling that um, effectiveness that my soul really desires, you know, because I have a lot going on. A mom, businesswoman, you know, all this stuff we've got, we've all got a lot going on, but it's, it just became important to me to embrace that discipline was not anti-feminine and that my discipline was my masculine way of letting my feminine fly. So, you know, I go on social media once a day now. Um, and that gives me so much more freedom during the day to do all the, to be in my feminine and know that, Hey, well, between two and four is my generating time. And so at least I know that that's, that's there and I'm, I'm my effectiveness is taken care of um, if I'm not fucking around on Instagram all day, you know, so I can live how I want to <laughs> live in my feminine, you know, in my feminine, if I can balance the two and let them complement each other in my life, then I can thrive in my feminine while letting, like my masculine is letting me do that. It's like in my marriage, like my husband is super masculine and, and, Sometimes I'm super masculine and it's about that polarity, you know, like it's marriages work beautiful best. paradox. Yeah. So we got to find that within ourselves. Like how can I use my masculine energy to allow my feminine to, to be so free? And that might look like um, structuring your schedule. It might look like discipline, like, Hey, get up and meditate every morning because you want to, you know, like discipline is just getting you to do what you actually really want to do rather than being at the mercy of like, just other people's agendas or social media. So it's like, it's such a discipline is so supportive of our feminine when it's aligned. Um, but it has to be aligned. It has to be, you know, like this is actually what my soul really wants to do. Not, Hey, I'm going to work eight hours a day because it's discipline. It's like, what guidance is my soul giving me for how I can use my masculine to support my feminine? Um, and also vice versa. So it's just it's you know, for me. I felt I've always been um, I've always been pretty good at discipline. But I know that when I'm going somewhere new in terms of like a level of thriving, 
my discipline goes up. It doesn't go down. And that's, um, that's where I think we, we get a little twisted is that we think that we are not feminine when we are putting structure around our life, but the structure is what is giving us freedom. And it's like when I speak on stage, I, I have five key points. Um, even if it's a keynote, 14,000 people, I have five key points and the rest of it is freedom. Um, but that those five key points are the structure that allows me to be free and in my tap, which is where I thrive um, speaking. So it's just, you know, we got to find how they work best for us. And you know what? Then there's times where you just need to be like zero structure. It's just life. You know, you we've got to become the guru of our own harmonic, you know, harmonic life rather than borrowing other people's idea of how it looks. Mm. God, amen, girl. Thank you so much for saying all of that. And it's just about taking the time too. What I got from taking from what you're saying is taking the time, go inside, do the work, be the detective in your own soul, in your own body of where yeah. are you? Where are your strengths? How can you find your sacred middle line? And then how do yeah. you walk it? You know, and it, you're right. It's so personal for everybody. Uh-huh. <sighs> But dang, I know we're we're pretty much out of time, and I know Allie and I could talk to you forever. Um, you know, one thing we like to ask all of our guests, which we would love to ask you, is how you plan to continue living your truth and daring to change. Yeah, uh, I suppose just my living living in alignment with my soul. I think that's that's everything to me, um, and that regardless of what your religious or spiritual beliefs are, like a soul, our soul is our, you know, our special, specially assigned version of God, the universe within us. So it's whatever you believe, it's like you have this part of you that is always guiding you according to your dream for this life. Um, And you can't go wrong when you are listening to that. And that doesn't mean being positive all the the time and and pretending life life isn't shit sometimes and and feeling and healing and you know even shadow work it's like it's just about living in alignment with that part of you that knows all the time what is the best so you know i that's that's my plan and that's pretty much the only plan i have well that's an awesome plan yeah we're still there sorry thought you cut out for a second Thank you so much, Peta, for being here, for dropping some serious truth bombs on us. And the book is incredible. It's Earth is Hiring. I'm so thankful to have my hands on it. And every single person who's listening, I can't encourage you enough to run out as fast as you can and get your hands on this book. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me, girls. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right, ladies, thank you so very much for listening in this week. We really hope that this conversation with PETA was able to light a fire under your ass the way she lit a fire under ours, especially with that money story talk. That was some seriously good stuff that left us thinking about how we can rephrase the stories we have around money to begin to live a life of abundance that we truly deserve. As always, for show notes, blog posts, and any information you want about us and our guests, you can head over to our website at truthanddaremovement.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will catch you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.